0: Welcome. I hope you're having a festive day. You are listening to Provisions and Libations and I'm your host Robin Bogue on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Today's topic is barbecue cooking competitions and what it takes to compete. It takes a lot of practice, a little more practice, and again, more practice. I want to talk about a barbecue competition that a few of my friends and I just participated in. And I'm going to walk you through all of the things that we encountered as we were practicing all the way through the awards assembly. I had put together a team or actually a group of us got together Joanne Plummer, Kelly O'Neill, Crystal Hevener, and Michelle Curtin. And we started practicing barbecuing, which we all kind of have our own experiences, our own unique ways of working. Um, All of our families have barbecued in the past, so everyone has their own unique family traits and styles. But we had to come together as a team and choose what technique worked best with what we were competing with. That competition was a half a chicken and it was a tri-tip and we chose baby back ribs or you could do a St. Louis style rib. And I, we cannot move forward on this without saying a big thank you. Even though we were an all-girl team, we did have backup support. Joanne's husband, Joe, allowed us to practice on his pit. And then he pulled that pit, it's um, a bumper pull pit with wheels, and he actually took it to the competition for us so that way we can compete um, on that, on that competition day. He also sharpened our knives on site, he taste tested, and then he answered our endless questions. He dealt with our, oh my God, what do we do? What did we do wrong? how do we do this better? And then, you know, just all the things that girls will come at you. And he took it like a champ. He um, helped guide us through the whole thing. So even though we were an all girl team, we had um, Joe Plummer as our main guy to, to guide us through also a honorable mention would go to Matthew Plummer, their son, Joe Joanne and Joe's son, he also taste tested and came out and used the pit after we were done and showed us some of his techniques on grilling and talked us through some of the things that we were working with as we were learning um, how to do what we were going to do for the competition day. So for some people listening today, you don't realize that lighting a pit's not as easy as you think. There you can use charcoal briquettes. You can use wood, not just any kind of wood, but we used red oak. We are from Santa Maria and that's kind of our staple in our mainstay. And lighting, it's not as easy as um, one, two, three. We um, would stack our wood. We kind of made a ladder ladder pattern where it was one, two, three, four logs. And then the second row was the exact opposite with only two. And then um, at one of our practices, we went three high And we learned from that, that it made our fire too hot, took too long to burn down. We were doing this usually on a Thursday evening and um, we only had a few hours because we all work. And so we weren't able to really start until after five. And there were several evenings that we were there till after nine. Each week, we tried to shorten that. One of the things that we would have to talk about was are we going to slow cook it or are we going to quick cook it? And having everyone, our team was very individual, strong minded women who all have a valid opinion, who are all right. And no one is wrong ever. But it's a matter of garner, garnering all of those opinions and getting them to make one simple contribution for competition. And so we all came from different areas of or methodologies of how we were going to do what we were going to do. I, on one hand, was usually the the unicorn, which that's usually typically typically me, where I always have a different thought or a different reason of why I want to do it. I wanted to do a quicker a quicker cook on the pit. And Joanne and Kelly wanted to do a slower cook with the ribs. And my my goal and philosophy was we didn't know how long we had to cook for the competition. We knew we had to bring the meat with us, but we did not know exactly what time we could light the pit and exactly what time was due for the first meat, second meat, third meat. So we didn't know, do we have two hours? Do we have three hours? Which meat came off first? Which side of the pit was going to be hotter than the other? Because we did want to slow cook the ribs. The ribs do take a long time to cook. And then the chicken, you always worry about salmonella. So you had to make sure that it was cooked all the way through. And then the tri-tips, pretty standard. It's pretty easy. We had about a three and a half pound tri-tip. And so it basically with um, the right heat should only take 35, 40 minutes to cook. So it was a matter of getting all of our ideas on the same page. I know for me, I wanted to be able to get it quickly cooked enough, and then we could slow it down by pulling it over on the edge. And they, some of the girls wanted to start on the edge and that my fear was always not getting it cooked enough by the time that the, cause you couldn't fast cook it at some point you would run out of time. And so those were some of the issues that we had to work with. So lighting the pit and having the right heat and then the cooking time is, you know, those we spent three or four practices discussing all of that. The other thing is once you get the fire started, and we did use a propane torch and that way it would expedite the lighting of the the wood. But it, then it's leaving the stack the way that it is, snuffing it, separating it, making a bed of coals. We had to come through with finding a, a an agreement that worked for all of us because... Some girls wanted to do the slow cook. So then they wanted a bed of coals, but then you didn't have the heat to cook. And so, yeah, it was great for simmering, but it wasn't great for cooking. And so we had to learn, go through that and learn how to control the heat. And then using two sides of the pit, well, this side, the left side, we can make it hotter. And then the right side, we can make it cooler have less wood separate the wood and all of that so it even though it sounds um, daunting it was a lot of fun to figure it out and every week change it just a little bit and then nope didn't like that so then we went back to the week before so once you get the pit all ready to go then you've got to figure out what you're going to do with the meat. Now the meat was already chosen for us. So we had to work with what we were competing with. So we weren't able to just randomly say, well, I want to cook this and and turn it in. We were told what we were going to work with, but then it was the seasoning and what you do with the seasoning. Are we going to marinate with a fluid and then a seasoning salt or rub of some sort? are we going to do it overnight? Are we going to salt it before we do it? And so we had to work out the kinks on what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. I had my ways because I grew up with barbecue. Joanne has her ways because her husband is a part of the Knights of Columbus. Kelly had her ways because she's an excellent cook and she knows so much about um, a lot of food and drink She's been a guest on my podcast before. And then Crystal's family, they barbecue. She brought in the aspect of steaming. And so we even experimented with steaming on the pit, which I would love to do more of that. It just didn't work with our program for this go around. Um, Although some of the competitors did have the steaming pots on their grill. That is something I feel like with the chicken, we definitely could have done. Um, And even with the ribs, but with that, we would have had to, cook it quicker and then let it just sit in steam and cook a little bit more in the pot. So it's there's a different mechanics that goes with that. And we just didn't get that far. So we removed the element of steaming just because of everything else we had going on. And then it came down to seasoning. What seasonings were we going to use and how we were going to season were we gonna do it the night before? Were we gonna do it the morning of? And so we experimented. We actually would get two try tips and we would try this way on one and this way on another. The same with the chicken. I would go to Costco and buy a whole chicken. Cut it in half, and then we would marinate with Modelo and uh, Santa Maria style seasoning on in one bag, and then in the other bag we would use. We had done different ciders. We we decided we didn't like the cider. So then we went with a apple beer and that is what we ended up competing with. It was not my favorite choice, but as a team, you can't, it's a team effort and we it came down to a vote and we were outnumbered. And so we went with that. It tasted wonderful. It's very, I feel progressive, but the team liked it and they wanted to stand out and do something a little different. And so that's um, what we had done for that. So that day of the competition, we had built our fire and we'd only worked with two rows of wood and we had about probably eight pieces of wood in there. We also rotated our meat every 10 minutes where we flipped it. Now there's philosophies of letting the ribs just sit and slow cook the whole time. We had tried to do that. We would end up burning it. We weren't happy with it. Um, I know Kelly was super sensitive about it. She felt it was burned. We all loved it. We loved the the flakiness and the crustiness of it, but we had to do what was right for the team. And so um, we decided that morning that we were gonna flip every 10 minutes. We set a timer and we basted the whole, as soon as we flipped it, we would baste. With the ribs, we used a crusted cowboy blend with a Dr. Pepper, And we let that sit in a cast iron skillet on the grill top so that it was constantly heat, constantly on the heat, heating up because we were making it as a glaze. And then with the chicken, we use the Wicked's red apple beer with Santa Maria style seasoning and butter and um, basted the chicken every 10 minutes when we flipped it. And then we would move them on on the barbecue pit also going by who was cooking faster, our two racks of ribs. They were a little bit different in size. So we were trying to make sure that they stayed this same heat consistency and cooking consistency. So we kept rotating them, even though we flipped them, we would put one on the other side from left to right. So in that way, um, the littler rack didn't overcook. So there was just so much to think about. We stayed at the pit the entire day. We talked about it every, every time we did a flip, we would go over there and discuss, Are we okay with this. And um, we made corrections as we felt needed. But we also trusted the other person um, on competition day or game day, if you want to say, we were able to just keeping one person in charge or um, everybody's in charge of everything. There's always so many different philosophies. And then I've also recommended doing two barbecue teams because we used a spice a culinary seasoning that I had actually made. I have a spice blend company, and um, I was promoting my brand. But I know that others have their favorites. And then, um, if we had two teams, we could have more of the progressive cookers cook what they want with the the, the Wicked's Red Ale or the apple ale, the apple beer. Um, I could do the Modelo on the chicken. It's that's more of what I grew up with. It's more of the flavor that I like, although I loved what the the apple beer tasted like on the chicken. But in the end, it didn't resonate well with the judges. And so we also had to think about after the chicken sat, it probably sat for about 30 minutes by the time that we turned it in and by the time that the judges were actually judging it. And so did it actually still taste good when it was not hot? We hadn't tasted it when it was not hot. So that's something that I'd like to do at our next practice for our next competition is cook it and let it sit for 30 minutes and then try it and see what we think. Because even though we turn in right at one, 2 o'clock, the judges don't get it right away. They get it like 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, but they get everybody's and there were six people competing. So did they actually try ours? when it was still warm. And so that plays into it as well. On top of everything that you've already prepared for, then you have the element of what's the the cooking, what's the temperature by the time that the judges actually get to try your sample. And samples I do wanna know are all blind tasted. They didn't know who's out of the 16, they didn't know whose samples were who. Um, They went in in a white box and it had a number. And then when once it passed that number, then it had a letter. And then there was no way for them to know. I know that um, we started with the numbers 424 and then our letters were ADB. So um, it's just random. So in that way, there's no way that they would know who was doing what. So in that way, people can't cheat, which who's going to cheat in that? But you never know. So, once we figured out all of the seasoning and the cooking and the temperatures and all of that, then we had to prepare for the presentation. And we actually didn't even get that far until our very last practice. So, it was a little bit of high pressure for me. I would have liked to practice that before, but getting everything else together, we just couldn't get it done. We actually had to cancel a practice. And so, that kind of set us a week behind on the presentation. And then we also didn't know what the presentation was until the morning of the competition. When we were told you need to turn in at least six to eight pieces and then a representative piece, like a larger chunk of each meat. So that way they can see what it looked like coming off the grill for their their judging score uh, presentation. So um Joanne had the great idea with cutting the ribs with her Hollywood cut. Um, I do feel that was a great decision for our team. It really showed for the baby back ribs to have that extra meaty side. Although you lose one rib in the beginning for when you start your cut, you it just it's a better presentation all the way through. And so it really shows it gave a lot of meat for the judges to really taste what we had going on. And then, you know, we weren't allowed to have any garnishes or any sauces or any fluff or foof, whatever you want to call that extra making it look pretty. They wanted to see the meat and the meat only and it had to have the skin attached for the chicken and all of that. So it, um, it was a little high pressure that we all stood there watching as kelly did all the carving which she did an amazing job and we all were like "Ah," like okay okay this is like it after we've gotten this far let's not mess that up and so it was a lot of pressure so kelly took that on as a team as her part of the team which she did you know basting and everything else and you know the preparation, but, you know, that carving is kind of like after we've gone through everything, it's like we got to get the carving right. So that was a lot of fun. So now getting to the results of this cooking competition. So in this competition, there were six teams that were supposed to be eight. One did not show up. One was the producer's kids, which they ended up being too busy for the Los Alamos Valley Uh, Old days, we were at the Los Alamos Valley Men's Club Whiskey Bent Barbecue. It was the ones who had put on the barbecue cooking competition and their kids also compete and they compete very well. They always win. They've got all these trophies. They're excellent barbecuers, but they ended up pulling the kids out at the last minute because their weekend had been too busy. So it was down to six teams. And out of those teams, there were two girl teams competing and four all men teams competing. With the men, three teams were professional. And with the girls, one of the teams was professional. Obviously, that wasn't us. Uh, We're all just friends hanging out and having a good time. We we have the spirit of competition in our blood and we just wanted to have fun. And so when the award ceremony award ceremony had started, uh, we were super excited. We were like, OK, all of this work, it, it is what it is and we're going to be happy no matter what. And the first one that they had introduced was the tri-tip. And to our surprise, well, actually not to our surprise, but we were just so elated. We had actually taken second place in that competition with using a Texas style rub. So it had a hint of heat. And um, the tri tip for us we actually overcooked by about one minute on the grill. And I actually picked it up with my bare hands to get it off the grill so it would stop cooking because it had gone above the temperature range that we wanted it to go when we put the thermometer in. And we're like, how could that be? It was just there like, 10 minutes ago, it was not going to be that hot. And so I just quickly grabbed it, threw it over off the pit so that it was away from the flame. And so we were just so grateful to take a second place in that. The team that did win, they are professional. So we just felt very satisfied with our winning. The next meet that they had um, listed, we actually came in third. And we are excited about that. That was the ribs, the baby back ribs. We had done a crested cowboy, which is a rub that is sweet, salty, spicy, savory. It has brown sugar, white sugar, salt and pepper, and um, spicy garlic. It just, it has everything to it. And then we put the Dr. Pepper with it. And so we're really happy with that. And then uh, the next chicken was, the next meat that they had done was the chicken. We did not place, we don't know, what had happened, um our rankings were we actually came in fourth on that. So they only placed for one, two, and three. So we weren't that low in um the competition for the results, but it you know, it's either you win or you don't. So we didn't get a ribbon on that. So we were a little disappointed because that the chicken we had put so much tasting an effort into getting it just right and we missed it by just a little bit and so we will be working on the chicken in the future trying to figure out what we're going to do I know the girls still want to use the red apple L I want to compete with the modello that's the whole idea why I want to do two teams so in that way we could actually compete our our chickens against each other with great camaraderie and you know, just to see who's who's different. I do feel like we need to compete for the judges and not necessarily ourselves. If it was a People's Choice Award, that chicken recipe might be a better choice for a People's Choice Award. But again, you just never know, and it's the the spirit of competition and it's the beauty of trying something new and seeing what you can get from it, and you know, just having fun with it. So, will we do it again? yes, we will do it again. It will be tense, eye rolling, frustration, swearing. Yes, we swear just a little bit. And then in the end result, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of great memories, a lot of wonderful memories. And so it's something I look forward to working with these girls again. I look forward to building our team and maybe having two teams because Two of the people that we competed with last year were able to do it this time, and I'd love to work with them again. Cynthia Youngren and Aaron Costa, they both were excellent teammates, and so they would be fun to work with as well. Um, There's other people that are interested. It just, I feel like it's something that's going to grow. I know next year, the Los Los Alamos Valley Men's Club, they're talking about doing 20 teams, and growing it from this year and they're actually going to move it. So I look forward to next year. I look forward to more competitions throughout the year so that we can practice. We are looking for sponsors if anyone wants to sponsor us. But again, that we're still going to do it and have fun. And I'm just grateful that we did that. And if you're interested, you should do it too and put a team together. It is so much more than what you think, but it is so rewarding in the end to be so happy and proud of what you've made to turn in. So thank you for listening. Enjoy. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please follow Provisions and Libations wherever you listen to podcasts. I will be back next week with an all new episode. I am your host, Robin Bogue. You can learn about me on my website, online, or my LinkedIn profile, Robin Bogue. I look forward to entertaining you, informing you, and enlightening you with the perfect accommodations for connoisseurs of provisions and libations with an Epicurean flair. But first, let's eat and drink.